Welcome to a place where God's people are enlightened and empowered through the ministry of the Spirit and strategic communication of God's Word for Kingdom Dominion. We are a people committed to establishing Kingdom civilization in our various sphere of influence. Welcome to Build. I've shared it in the group and I want us to share. So our status, WhatsApp status, let us do that. Um, even though there is there is an event planner handling the whole stuff there, let us do our part. In Jesus' name. Amen. And for those that want to follow us, I don't know. I'm still sure of two people. That's all. But just in case you want to, you can let us know during this week. So we know what to do. If you can or if you might not be able to, then you can prepare for a career. All right, let's get to the word. Have we shared it? Those that are with their phones. Some. sure that we've done that so that we can start. Alright, so let's start. We are part three today on the gospel. So part one, we did a charge on the gospel. Part two, we discussed how to preach. Part three, we're discussing when you are saved. So we're discussing that when we get a man saved, when we get someone saved, what is next? 
what are we to do next after someone has been saved. So let's get into it quickly. Um, so when a man is unsaved, oh, so when a man is unsaved, what he needs, we know, is that introduction of the gospel, right, and the salvation of his soul. And when a man is saved, what he needs is transformation. Just in case you are writing, you can write that down. When a man is unsaved, what he needs is salvation. When a man is saved, what he needs is transformation. And what a transformed man needs is empowerment. And this is the sequence that every believer travels at every point in his life. So, so this is the, the, the sequence that every believer travels at every point in his life. It starts from salvation, right? And then when a man is saved, what he needs next is the journey of transformation. And after transformation, what he needs is empowerment. So I defined transformation here, and I want us to write it down. Transformation is a man's transition in his belief systems and the character conformity that follows. Give me Mark chapter 3, verse 14. So transformation is the transition that a man, um, is a man's transition, rather, in his system. So starting from his belief system, his ideologies. Um, and so Jesus, there is a responsibility that Jesus gives. Um, it was captured in this scripture. Jesus called the twelve that they would be with him and that he might send them forth. So sending them forth to preach or let's say to do their destiny work, it's, that's, that's a probability. The most important part was the being with him. And what would happen when you are with Jesus is that your ideologies will be changed, first of all. So when somebody and the person is still thinking like the way he used to think before when he was an unbeliever, then the person is not growing. Are you following me? Are we following? Anyways, so the first responsibility is to change his ideologies and then to change the character. Now, this is this this is this part would help talk to young believers that are saved. Alright. When you are teaching the Bible, they know what you're about to say next. They know the scripture you're about to call. They know. They can quote it. They know it. They can teach it. They can quote it. But the character is not conforming. So there is no transformation until your character has been conformed. So I'm saying the transition in the belief system plus the character conformity. So when the person does not change his behaviors and he just changes his belief systems, can talk about it, can preach about it, it's not enough. The Bible says it's by their fruits that we shall know them. Is that true? So, um, we do not, even though we have the advantage of, um, even though we have the advantage of discernment, God does not give us a monopoly as to understanding people's work with God. What we can only test from is their fruits, right? So, we can't exactly know everything about how a man is dealing with God. 
but we can see the way he behaves and what he does and that that's exactly how we were called christians some people went to antioch and while they were in antioch they saw their belief systems and the way they behaved and they said these guys are doing with jesus all right so it's the transition in his mind and then the character conformity one more thing about um, transformation transformation is hard when there is no reference transformation is hard when there is no reference so the bible gives us a reference as believers that when you get saved there is a reference that the scripture hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 the bible says here looking unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith that when a man gets saved his journey is to become like jesus so this is our reference and so it's hard to be transformed until there is a reference, until there is a picture of what you are to become. But the reference here is Jesus. So I'm listing a few things about transformation. I first said transformation is the man's transition in his belief system and the character conformity. I have said that transformation is hard without a reference. And I've said our reference is Jesus. One more thing, transformation is a result of discipleship. You keep writing. Transformation is a function of discipleship. You are changed to the degree to which you are discipled. You see, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Then he continued by saying, baptizing them. And you see, there is the physical aspect to baptism. But the baptizing word there is called baptism. Immersion. Right? That you take someone and you dip him into a different ideology. And in fact, when you study ancient um, Jewish culture, you will find out that baptism is not exactly a Christian thing. Alright? What they call baptism then. So there were different philosophers. And I think, if I'm right, Isaiah lived in the days of, um, if I am right, it will probably have been Socrates. If I am right. Alright? So there were different philosophers that understood several things about life. And the ideologies were a lot different. Right? So when you meet a rabbi who is a teacher and you want to imbibe his ideologies, one of the ways you prove vocally that you have divorced what you were thinking before and you have embraced what this man is saying is the baptism. So baptism is not really something that started with Christianity. Are you following me? It's why, people, it's why John the Baptist baptized people because John the Baptist had his own ideologies that he was teaching. And the follower of John the Baptist would be baptized into that ideology. So, it's very important because sometimes Christians pick and choose what they want to change. Christians pick and choose what they want to believe. In the old message, they hear this one, it looks like it's not convenient for them, they kick that one away. Then they look for the one that is easier for them to follow and they stick with that. They'll say, my own understanding about this is not so. You are baptized into an ideology. And you begin to change. So transformation is a result of discipleship. And the end goal of discipleship is submission to the Holy Spirit. Paul was saying, he said, our ministry is to get men saved and to put them under the government of the Holy Spirit. Your responsibility is not to become the leader of the Christian for all their life. Uh -huh. 
your responsibility is to ensure that they know the Holy Spirit then you can let them be this was the same thing that Jesus did so Jesus had disciples right but before Jesus left Jesus told them that there is someone that will come that that's the responsibility of a disciple that when you get someone saved you you get the person train the person to come under submission so that's the goal the goal of the Christian faith is not to make money hello the goal of the Christian faith is not to make money. The goal of the Christian faith is not to blow. The goal of the Christian faith is not to be rich. When you are discipling someone, at the end of that discipleship, the person should submit to the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? So that's the goal of the discipleship that we have. Is why no matter how people will prefer to attend a prayer service or an impartation service, a man of God should not be under pressure to want to do that at the expense of their submission to the Holy Spirit because it takes the word of God and the Spirit for transformation and we're not going to talk about that yet but the emphasis is submission to the Holy Spirit now I want to list a few things that I believe that a new believer should know and here lies my teacher the, the, the foundations of the belief system of a new believer number one the person must be introduced to understand his new creation realities. When you want to train a believer, you start from absolutes, not variables. This is why there are several believers that have not been grounded. There are even several believers that don't know that, G, that uh, when Jesus comes, they are going to heaven. You know, as basic as assurance of salvation is, there are many believers that do not know. And I can attest to you that God, I'm a kingdom preacher, I'm not a grace preacher. But you see, Ba, there is a lapse in many kingdom preachers' message. Alright? The emphasis is that you get saved and then you start entering into kingdom business. You know, it's important for you to start doing destiny and all of that. And kingdom preachers do not exactly state the foundations. You know, there is another side of kingdom preachers that they are saying it's time for you to start to legislate over spirits and demons. So you pray long. Have you heard people say you've not been able to pray nine hours? You will not do anything. It's not when you study agorazo, that Greek word at salvation was the promise of your destiny, not at the ability to pray well. Are you following? Now, so, there are those basics that you, if you want to train a believer, you don't train him with variables, alright? That if you continue in sin, demons will come and this, and then because you do not pray. It is true, but when somebody is just saved, you don't introduce him to that yet. Because it affects his Christian experience. Haven't you heard of people that fall into something and then they run away from God? And they are afraid to come back to pray. Because there is a picture of God that they have. And their introduction to the faith life was not complete. So, when you want to introduce someone to the faith life, you don't introduce them to even holiness. You don't introduce them to even, um, what's it called? Give me John 1.21. That's uh, so 1 John 1.21. I hope I'm right. Sorry. I wrote 1 John 2 verse 1. I think I thought it was 1 John 1. Give me 1 John 2 verse 1. When you want to introduce someone to Christ, now pay attention because you need to be great disciples. When you want to, when you introduce someone to Christ and he is saved, your first responsibility is not to tell him to live a holy life. 
you need to clarify the things i've taught it here before the three postures of the believer we sit we walk and we stand do you remember that same sequence is how you build your spiritual life you must reduce him to a seated position in christ who are you based on the fact that now you are saved oh number one you are a child of god adopted listen if someone is adopted do you have you have you met with anybody that has adopted a child before and you learn the rigorous process that it takes to adopt a child because when you adopt they are not expecting you to kick him away are you following me so they take you through that rigorous process before you make the decision that you are bringing this child so if we say we are adopted of God, then it's a different ideology altogether. Let me read that scripture. The Bible here is saying, my little children, these things write I unto you that ye see not. So honestly and truthfully, you should not go there. But that's not where I'm going to now. I'm talking about the absolutes. He said, and if any man, so just in case in your journey of walking with God, you found out that you fall into sin. What did the Bible say? You have an advocate. Are you in class? You have an advocate with the Father. So, it means that you have a work of holiness to do. But, just in case you found out that you fell, go back to your absolutes. Not the variables. So, it means that your Father is still waiting for you. You can still come. Do you understand? You have an advocate with the Father. So, when I found these things, I realized that honestly, we kingdom preachers need to edit our message. Because we emphasize on the fact that you won't get your ordination. The goal of the Christian life is not your ordination. It's to reveal Jesus. And if you want to solidify someone in his Christian faith, you focus on the absolutes. So, number one, you are seated in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. Do demons exist? Yes, but you are seated above. So, so many people here don't still believe what I'm saying. Because you see, ba, you will have many attacks in your life. And you must have learned something about the devil, that the devil is a liar. The inventor of lies is the devil. So, anything that he brings to you was a lie. Didn't you read your Bible? You said he was lying from the so when somebody says I'm going to meet this babalao and he's going to do something to you the, the absolute is what will keep you safe do you understand what I'm saying some people Christians wake up from dreams they said they shot you in the dream and then the guy is praying because they shot you in the dream I've told you I've said this several times the devil never gave me a prayer point in my life no just in case I dreamt and they removed my head I will wake up and preach there is nothing that Absolutes have been settled in my mind. Do you get what I'm saying? This is how you build the believer's faith. Here lies the, the part where many people, even when it comes to prayer, prayer must follow sit, walk, stand. In your seated position, you are not fighting demons. Is that true? In your seated position, you are not pursuing money. Is that true? Everything, you know that everything is of the Lord and if it is of the Lord, you, it is yours. Based on, in fact, the Bible says that even Christ was poor, but through, sorry, Christ was rich, but he became poor so that through his poverty, you too can become rich. These are the basics and the absolutes that you introduce them to. You are seated in heavenly places. Are you holy? It's not about that. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Are you following me? The absolutes. So at that point, what is your prayer life about? This is the problem. Because you see, 
when Christians now become rich, they don't see a need for a prayer life. Why? The absolute was not discussed. Because at the absolute, in your place of rest, your prayer life, the emphasis of your prayer life is your relationship with God. Are you following? Many Christians have not learned this thing. We pray. We pray towards a result. We don't pray to know God. And that's, the, that's because the absolutes have not been resolved. And God must help us to train believers. Because you see, I remember Lala said one story one time. It is when you start to solidify the absolutes that you build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He said one story one time when he went to service. During his service here, I think NYS students, um, there was, I don't know what happened, somebody stole something in the school where they were serving. And because the person stole something, primitive people with primitive cultures, they said they were, I think the plan was to kill the, the NYS, the coppers. And he was one of the coppers. I'm thinking about it very well. If they had killed Lala, wouldn't that be nice? less stressful for me. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> but yeah, they were planning to kill the coppers. And I remember that Lala said he went to lock his door. At that point, saying I bind devils, you are speaking from a standpoint of fear, not faith. So you go back to the absolute. So Lala went, and I remember that he said he was singing this song, that J-drum song, what's that song? You are the God of salvation. You are the God of salvation. I don't mind waiting on. I don't mind waiting on. I don't mind waiting on you. You are the God of salvation. I don't mind waiting on. Now this is is the position of rest. Is the position of your relationship with God. Because at this time, me, I'm discussing with God bargaining my life. Many people fall prey to the works of the devil because they've not been founded on the absolutes. It is in your absolutes that you learn your relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is in that moment that you learn how to talk to Him. And many Christians don't talk to the Holy Spirit. They talk when they have a prayer point. Rent, school fees, then they start praying. Destiny partner, members, then they start praying. And they've not learned that at the basic, your most important part of your prayer life is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Where you train the believer to now say, go and buy a daughter. Go and buy a pen. Buy a new Bible. Read your Bible. Pray. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, write it down. You are training the person to hear God. Are you following me? This is not about your destiny. This is about Him. And what is eternal life? That you will know the only true God and Jesus who was sent. So, there are many believers that can pray but their relationship with the Holy Spirit has an issue because they didn't learn how to maintain that relationship. It is in that time that you start learning how to hear God. Don't go out. Sit at home. And you, you, this thing is not about He wants to give you power. No! You are knowing Him. You are fellowshipping with Him. You are getting to understand His glory. You are getting to know when the Holy Spirit comes into a place. How His presence looks like. How it feels like. How He speaks. This is 
the reason why many Christians want to get married. Then they are asking, how do they hear God? How? Is it now you are to be asking, how did you hear God? Why? The absolute was an issue. He didn't learn how to hear God in his relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now he's in problem. He has three jobs to pick from. He does not know which to pick from. Because he did not learn fellowship. Warfare will not solve that problem. Kaka, koko, he doesn't solve that one. Are you following me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because some of us have not learned the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And Paul said the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will remain with us. I want to drum this one into our spirits because for some of us that have been prayerful, we need to return back to fellowship. Where you just play songs. He's the teacher of righteousness. That is his name. He'll guide me to the city of the strong. You are the way to the Father's heart. Now I know your name. I can't remember the song very well. Lead me by the power of the Lord. Because there is power when I walk with you. Ah. There is glory every time I spend with you. I see the fire, it's burning in your eyes. It's the fire of your love. It's the fire of your love. It's the passion in your heart. It's the fire of Sing with me. That's the chorus. There is power when I work with you. There is glory every time I spend with you. Oh, I see the fire, it's burning in your eyes. It's the fire of your love. It's the fire of your love. It's the passion in your heart. sure that there are many of you it's not like you've not prayed in the past month or in the past two months you've not had time where you just lock your door and you're just fellowshipping no prayer points you are not expecting God to give you anything you are trying to understand his presence it's the fire of your love it's the fire of your love it's the fire of your love it's the fire of your heart. It's the passion in your heart. It's the fire of your heart. Jesus. In the glory and the power, I see miracles. Because at the end of all things, we need to know Him. 
you don't know him by praying for rent. You don't know him by praying for power. There are people that have power but don't know him. This is how we know him. We just stay in that presence until that thing envelopes us. And there is this Chris Delvan song I'm trying to remember. That Victoria Orange is You did one video about it. Oh, holy as the I want you to sing that song. People don't know all the things I'm saying. Here on earth and in the heavens of above. Telling me that how are you alive? Because that thing when they do it to people, they die in you. I say I've heard. But you see, about two weeks ago, the Holy Spirit knew that there was danger coming, and he knew that prophets can see at this moment for whatever reason. So what remember that the Bible says we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So I was listening to a message and I heard that song. 
And as I heard that song, that song did not leave my spirit. Some of you have woken does it happen to you? You wake up with a song in your spirit. And maybe because it's still philosophy, there is no new song. Then you switch back to your song. You don't realize, pay attention. You do not realize that what God is doing is trying to pull you. The Holy Ghost is praying the prayer that you don't know. So many times the Holy Spirit does not need you to pray. It makes you pray the prayer he wants you to pray. So that was where the song came from. The reason why I sang it last week was because I was still preaching. What's that song? It was one of the pastor. Just be safe. 
And so many people, like I said, the new creation realities were not taught them. So when they start praying and they are fellowshipping, they are distracted by their needs. And they start saying, Lord, I have already thanked you now. Shibisu, you are holy, you are holy, thank you. <laughs> now, um, I'm going to preach in um, Kini. Lord, please ensure that no car jams me. Ensure that I land safely. Ensure that I'm able to preach with fire and with power. Let me tell you something. When you understand the presence of God, the Bible says, David speaking, it says, even mountains keep like rams when the presence of God comes. So it means that if you carry presence, it's stronger than being powerful. And let me tell you, there is a difference. It takes somebody who has been in the glory for a long time to know the difference between demonstrations of power can we do it one more time I want us to do it one more time and I don't want people to be silent just find it this, when it comes to fellowship there's no prayer points
I said sit, stand, walk. I don't want to spend time here. Alright? So the walking part is the part where you start to walk with God. So like God taught to, taught to Abraham to walk before him and be perfect. So you start to walk. The walk of holiness is the, it's part of the responsibilities of the believer. So, Jesus. So you start from fellowship and then you now have times in your life where you deal with issues. You see, when you are under atmospheres like this, you can now say, God, I remember that I'm a liar. Yes, I, I, I did pray, but I did lie. And then you shut that door. This is where the prayer of consecration now makes sense. Then you can tell the Holy Spirit to win over you. That whatever doesn't look like him, that is reflecting in you, can be taken away. So you see, this is the Christian experience. It starts from knowing God, then it grows into being like Him. So, your seated position, all you need to know is to know God. And your prayer, your prayer life reflects it. When you are done with that, you have times in your life where you deal with God. I like, see, in the past two weeks, I've been looking at women. Because there are Christians that they are waiting for empowerment. Any small thing, if they hear anything on their window, they stand. I bind every devil. But the truth is this. You, 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 you've distorted the equation. You must spend time in the glory of God. This, this is how you carry God's presence everywhere you go. Then, walk and then stand. There's no time. Let me rush Can I get a ticket? 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 Can I get a ticket?
atmospheres like this, the Holy Ghost is already with you, dealing with things. Your prayer is partnership. You don't, I've told you, all things God works. You don't know what He's working, but you know that He's working. What you are doing is partnership. I'm training you so that you can get to your secret place and do the same. When you fellowship and it rests on you, you know what He's telling you to do.
I'm trying to be sure if the burden has lifted off my spirit. So I can teach what I have to teach in the next few weeks. Because thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Take it back up. Take it back up. Verse 18. to understand these new creation realities you get to um, people come with habits and sometimes when you emphasize their new creation realities they stick there and do not realize that there is a walk of godliness that they have now so I want to answer the question or I want to help clarify that aspect what do we do now I'm talking to you as disciples now. what do we do with someone that has a bad past is it the same do we take them through the same training process as the person who did not have you know you know there are people that got saved that they were always in church right always in church father pastor mother pastor and they, they didn't really do much things right and there were people that the kind of sins that they committed even the devil is the devil is calling them Udogu their experience. You see, how do you handle situations like that? I want to show us a few scriptures. I know that the emphasis, you know, there is only one scripture that our generation knows. Who knows that scripture? There's only one verse in the Bible that our generation knows. Judge not. Judge not that you will not be judged. And um, that's the emphasis that most people say. You are emphasizing, uh, God, I don't want to say this. But you know, Pastor Stranded on top healed Abbas's case recently. Some people said, hey, the things that this girl is doing. Some people, and you know, it's all kinds of things, right? But you see, <laughs> I don't like 
I don't like commenting, but it's always sweet to cheap some of those things in and to say rubbish at the side. But anyways, I'm not. I've, I've given my life to Christ. You see, Jesus was teaching. Pay attention. When you get saved, it's not just you that got saved. You were, in, you were invited into a family of believers. Are you following me? And so, the Bible starts to teach how that evil communication corrupts good manners. Are you following me? And so, many times, when people get saved, we tell them, oh, God has forgiven you. And that's true. But you see, Jesus was teaching in, in the book of Matthew. I'm trying to find the, the chapter. Um, that's chapter 16. You can start from verse 1. It's a very long reading. But I'm not going to read it. So, Jesus told the disciples to beware of the living of the Pharisees. I think, take me to verse 6. Matthew chapter 16, take me to verse 6. Alright. So the Bible says, Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the living of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And the, the, the disciples thought that Jesus was talking about bread. Because they live in bread. Right? He thought Jesus was talking about bread. And Jesus was saying, Oh, you of little faith. Why would you think I... When you guys brought five loaves and two fishes, I multiplied it. So why did you think it's bread that I was talking about? Because they were about to cross the sea, right? They were about to travel for ministry work. But you see, Jesus was explaining to them, when, when you go to verse, um, let, let's, let's, let's be reading because there's almost no time. Go to verse 10. And they reason among themselves saying, okay, neither does it say bro now, just, just stay in verse 10. Stay in verse 10. Neither the seven loaves of the... Okay, so this was what Jesus was saying. Verse 11. How is it that ye do not understand? So this was what I was saying. That Jesus was saying, why do you think it was bread I was talking about? Verse 12, that's where it would be there. So when Jesus explained to them that it was not bread he was talking about, then they understood that he bade them not to beware of the loving of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So... And if you study the book of Acts, I think in chapter 5, you know, they adjured the Christians to not preach in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, how come you guys have filled um, Jerusalem with your doctrine? Because the ideology of the kingdom should grow like cancer. The ideology must spread. Do you understand? But you see, the problem is that when there is a little impute of the doctrine, the belief system that is not of God, it has a way of affecting the body. Are you following me? Are you following me? Give me First Corinthians um, five, because if we're not getting this, let's go to First Corinthians. Five. It was uh, it was in the book of Corinthians that Paul was explaining how that good communication corrupts good manners, and sometimes you see there is nobody that has an habit today. Most most times. That person got that habit because somebody was close to him that introduced him to it. Most times. So most people are innocent until somebody, anybody drinking today, somebody gave him a drink. Is that true? When people fall into all kinds of habits, it's because of the things, it's because of someone close to them. And you see, we are in church. In church, people are going to live together. They are going to be friends. All right? They are going to, people will get married in church. Is that true? And somehow, sometimes, we are trying... I've heard people who make advocacy for the fact that the fact that you're not a virgin does not mean your marriage will work. Oh, sorry. The fact that you're a virgin does not mean your marriage will work. And, and when I'm hearing people talk, somehow we do not know that our presentation is wrong. 
what you are saying, I understand it, but the presentation is wrong. Because now you are giving a license um, to somebody who has lived in the world for a long time and we're not dealing with what that person has built. And we're saying, come to church. Oh, you are welcome. Honestly, truly, you are welcome, but there is a problem. It means that anybody that you get saved, there is something that he was preoccupied with before God came. Is that true? And it is our responsibility to pull down the habits. So evil communication corrupts good manners. So Jesus advised his disciples. Don't even allow their doctrine close to you. That's how much you fight on godliness. You fight it in such a way that I've told you, sin starts from counsel. Somebody tells you something. When, when, when Eve ate the, the fruit, gave to her husband. When God came to meet her, came to meet them in the garden and Adam was saying, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid and I had to hide myself. What did God tell you? He said, who told you that you were naked? It means that somebody has given you an information that has corrupted you. Now, so we have to be careful because we want to save many. does not mean we will corrupt the fold. Are you hearing me? That's what I'm saying. So this was a story, I'll summarize this story. This was the story of a man <laughs> Paul came to the Corinthian church one day. Uh, so he heard a report from the Corinthian church that a young man was sleeping with his father's wife. <laughs> it's funny. Your mother. So Paul heard the report that a young man was sleeping with his father's wife. And he was boastful about it. So this guy is completely unrepaired. And I've seen cases like that. I've heard of a fellowship as quite God. Now it's a touchy subject, but I have to say it. So I heard of a fellowship at school one time that he went on break and then he was going to one lady's house, I think to her parents' house or something, I can't remember. And he was, you know, with this lady every day, doing this stuff almost every day. Came back to campus and, you know, it was, it was a fellowship at school. And he was trying to, all those young ladies that just joined. <laughs> I just joined the Bible class. And so he, I, I found out because he came close to somebody that I knew. And I looked for the guy's picture. It was Jesus that helped me because I wanted to trace that guy. Because somehow, you see, there, there, there is a way to deal with these issues. Yes, private issues have to be handled privately. But it does not mean that the habit should not be dealt with. So Paul started saying, this guy, he said, let's read i like this first part it says it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the gentiles so paul is saying the kind of report i heard even gentiles don't do it that was a very bad report next verse please be fast it's very long and the person is still puffed up haven't you seen people they say it's just, it's just an habit, it's just an addiction. I just don't know. I just sleep with the lazy. I don't know. I don't know. I, and even though we say come as you are, it, this is the dangerous part of come as you are that you must deal with. Because you see, when, when A starts, enters the church with an habit, it will influence B. Then the whole lump has gone. This is that he had done this deed might be taken away from you. So this, 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 was, this was an extreme, right? This was an extreme part. Now let me say this. I will combine this with the last one because I can't finish my teaching because of the time. Now, when you get people saved, one of the things that you do is that you plant them in an environment where they go. All right? For example, and the classic example, church. 
when you plant people in church, when you read your Bible, the Bible shows us how that we have a responsibility to confess our sins to one another. Anyways, but let's not talk about that today. I'm trying to say that when people are planted in church, they have a responsibility to let the pastor or the leader know in quotes the things that they struggle with. Because the goal of being planted in church is to help grow you. Now, herein lies people who run to all kinds of churches and then they probably don't even wait for the grace. After the grace, they are gone. The word of God does not have an effect in them and nobody knows the things that they are trying to come out of. So Paul knew that this guy was struggling with this thing. But the funny part was that this guy knew it, but he was still proud about it. This one has gotten to a reprobate life. You see? It's, it's in all, it's, it doesn't have to be only sex, because that's the part that we all relate to it. If somebody used to steal before, it would defraud somebody in church. Is that true? Is that true? Yes, now. I remember this story. So we have a responsibility to work on people's hearts. As a disciple, don't just say, now you are saved. We are going. And then when they are praying, is the sister is always holding. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's because there have to be extra measures because of the habits. When a brother is struggling, you don't, when you are praying in church, in fact, if it needs, you need to sit down in the corner and don't shake. Sometimes we need to understand that people are growing. I knew a lady years ago. This lady doesn't shake. And people used to say, she's over spiritual. Is she over spiritual or is she trying to kill something? And we do not emphasize on the growth. Because let me tell you something. Lala did a powerful teaching. Did, did they release that teaching in MCF? He did a very great teaching in MCF. He explained the difference between sin and sins. There is the sin that you exhibit. There is the sin that is the nature. God has given you the nature of Christ, right? But he has something to deal with in you. And when the Holy Spirit wants to deal with that thing, he doesn't just tell you, I've forgiven you. Sometimes what the Holy Spirit tells you to do is to go and apologize. Are you hearing me? That death process must be done. And so, we emphasize the new creation realities and remove the fact that you got, you've got to die. I've told you that the cross represents two things you but you died in Christ and so in experience you must die to things are you in class I'm trying to summarize all that I planned but let's just read this scripture and then we'll pray just read this scripture this one okay so there was a time that there was a guy he's a touchy one let me see it there was a guy that was in church one time and I corrected him on something that he used to do. It was a simple correction as per the fact that he doesn't pay attention during ministrations and stuff. No insults, no addition. Then the young man, the leaders went to, the leaders said they went to beg him. Are you in class? The leaders went to beg him. Then they said the pastor should go and beg him. So I called him because I was in my prayer. I called him. He didn't pick my call. He did not reply my text. He was still being angry. You see, when you read your Bible, the Bible says that when you have a fault against the brother, the Bible does not give you the right to go to court at the beginning. Are you following? 
The Bible doesn't allow Christians to take themselves to court because there should be a spiritual authority in church that is higher than what the court does. So the Bible says, go and apologize to the guy. If the guy does not agree, bring two brothers and go and apologize to the guy. If the guy does not still agree, bring pastor. In Jesus' mind, he believes that when pastor walks in, you should behave. Do you understand? You should adjust. But when pastor meets you and you decide that you are not going to pray, then the Bible says, treat that person as an idiot. Just believe the person is an unbeliever. He, didn't, he, he was not saved. That's how the Bible, you see, because <laughs> Lala dropped the scripture when he was leading prayer. When Paul was called, Paul was called out of the people and sent back to the people. In your calling as a minister, one of the things that God does is that he trains you personally, then he trains you with the people. He calls you, he starts to remove things that you will need to remove out of people. Are you following me? So that you understand the process of that death so you can administer it. Are you following me? So I used to be an angry person, just in case you don't know. I used to, oh my God. I used to be a very angry person. And I remember that there was a time that I was in campus fellowship and something happened to one brother knocked my head. Campus fellowship. Senior. I remember one time that Lorenzo came for a program and then I was playing PES for the units. So I said that I could not play. Um, so I had already won at last some people. So my score, I was trending in the fellowship. <laughs> so they were expecting me to come back for this one and we're not going to do reviews, so we're going to play PES. So I messaged my boss um, a day before and I told her that I'm sorry, I will not be able to come because there's a program. And I always come for this meeting. So just excuse me for this one. Please, I beg you in the name of God. Because it was in Lawrence Oil program. I went for the program. So when I got back to fellowship, some other seniors were angry because I didn't play PES. So the person that played PES for the unit, they flogged the guy. Right? So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the seniors were angry. And I was saying, ah, no way. So I was trying to be joking because I knew it was a painful thing. So I was trying to joke about it. And this is my nature. So I was like, sorry, uh, it's not my fault. It's Lawrence Oil that caused it. I was joking about it. Right? So they called me. And the shades of insults that you can't imagine. So that evening, Bible study was supposed to pray boy with another department. <laughs> and Bible study lost again. <laughs> so that day, I came late for the stuff. As I was coming, I was hearing that Bible study had lost. <laughs> so I saw the seniors coming. And I greeted them, and then they faced me again. <laughs> I just knew that, okay, I'm the sacrificial. And I had learned that you don't rebuke an elder in public, so you just shut up and you're listening. Sorry. I'll leave. I went back home and I cried. But you see, the Holy Spirit did not let it lie there. The Holy Spirit told me to go back and apologize to that guy. Did I do anything to you? Honestly, did I? I didn't. But go back and apologize. What do you think the Holy Spirit is doing? He's administering them. They are still proud. You know, let me say, we know that they didn't offend you. Go back and greet him. And I remember different times in fellowship where I would need to plug my ears and say, okay, I'll greet him. She must be like, oh. And I would go back and I had to die several times. A couple of years after some of us were in that meeting, some people were in that meeting like that. That I had one issue. This one was in that meeting. And the man was bringing plenty lies. And I was there, silent. But sir, let me slide this boy. So there was a time when he said I should talk. I talked. It was no it's gonna cost the child. Anyways, <laughs> but back to what I was saying. <laughs> but you see, what God was doing is that he was taming 
you have you have you have every right to say i don't understand why are you people raining on me this evening and you walk out did, did anybody kill you did you fight did you insult anybody but the holy spirit wants to kill something so there are many people that get saved. They continue to grow in church ranks, but the habits did not die. And it's because they've not submitted to the mentorship of the Spirit, the Word, and church to help deal with it. I, I just realized my last point in this. In fact, in this scripture, Paul said that they should chase this guy out of church. Paul said, cast him away from the church. Don't let us see him again. He says, because this thing is going to affect people. And then, if you go to, I think, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, Paul later came back. Give me 2 Corinthians 2, verse 6. I hope I'm right now. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 6. Sufficient to such a man. So, theologians believe that this was a continuation of 1 Corinthians 5. Do you understand? Theologians believe that this was a continuation of that. So when, when Paul came back to talk about this guy, Paul said, sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted of many. Next verse. So that contrawise, he ought rather to forgive him. So this is Paul saying, that punishment was harsh. And the reason why the punishment was harsh was because this, if it was not harsh like that, that thing would not die. Are you hearing me? There are people that have pampered a bit for a long time. They lie. Somebody, I remember one time somebody told my dad, he said, lie is on his tongue like this. Anytime he opens it, it comes out. That's the excuse that people give. And they are in church. This is why I didn't want to talk about the other pastor's case. Because somehow, you should have grown. Don't, we love you, but grow. Don't be the temptation for people and be the believer too. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, it is our responsibility to ensure that habits in people begin to die. That's how we become like Jesus. The weights are lifted. So we can run and follow him. Do you understand me? So for every person that we get saved, as we go to Akumba next week, and all of the things, sorry, this week, and all of the things that we do, we have a responsibility to start discipleship. Through the word, through fellowship with the Holy Spirit, through exposing them to their new creation realities, and through dealing with habits that are in their life. Did you hear me? Are you in cl class? All right, good. So let us pray. So Paul said here that the, the way you lashed at him, the shock that he has received, it will change. I remember I heard about Don Wen. Don Wen, if you are part of his music team and were singing, were trying to worship, and you are trying to run, you are trying to show that you have voice, Don Wen will say, bench him. When he realizes that we sing to Jesus, not to run scale, we'll bring him back. So, you, you know, just keep praying. Just as we are practicing, we pray. And you can stay there for months so, <laughs> till you realize. And in our day and in our time, people run away from mentorships like that. They will say the man is hard. But the man is not hard. It's a responsibility. And even for everyone here that is a disciple to somebody, it's a responsibility to ensure that the things that are dead remain dead. Can we bow our heads and pray? And for us that are still here that have situations in our lives that we have not died to, Lord, I still lie. That's why we're in the presence of God now. It's not just to receive prophecies. 
Lord, I still steal. Somehow I still steal, even if it is just pencil and uh, money. Pray for yourself. Because if you continue the way you are, you will affect somebody in the body. You will. There is an idea about God that you will have that will be different, that it will affect somebody else from growing. Lord, may I not be a stumbling block for someone else. Lord, deal with the habits in my life. Deal with the situations in my life. This is why your presence came. This is why your presence came. For the things that are dead to remain dead. Pray.
It says that let us lay aside every weight and sin that doth easily beset us that we might run. Please, people of God, learn to stay in the presence of God. Learn to stay. And the Lord will bless you in the name of Jesus. Were you blessed today? Can we raise our two hands towards heaven? Before that, can we stretch our hands towards the man of God? Can we pray for him from our hearts? Can we pray for him from our hearts? Can we pray for him? The Word of God is a seed that brings radical transformation, and we believe you have been transformed by the word you just received. Follow us live on our MixLR and download our messages on our Telegram channel. The number to call for partnerships and inquiries is 0811 414 7940.